Hi guys, welcome to the Billboard. My name is Vanessa Oblinsky and I'm your host. Thank you so much for tuning in. I literally cannot believe that this is happening. Episode one of the Billboard. We're doing it. Like, I'm so excited and truly humbled and grateful for the honor to be able to share on this platform with you guys. And I don't know, this week, because I launched the trailer last week and all throughout this week, I would have people tell me, oh my goodness, it's happening, your podcast and all of that stuff. And I was literally like, what the heck? It's actually happening. What are you doing? You're going forward with this. But yeah, it's it's all going to be good. And I'm excited. God is good. He's always on the move. And I know that he's going to be moving in and through this episode. So yeah, before we get started, I just want to open up in prayer. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for today. I thank you, Father, for the opportunity and blessing to be able to share on this platform, Father God. I thank you for every single listener tuning in right now. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for the strength, the courage to do this, Lord. I come against any nerves and anxiety that may come throughout this episode, Father God. I decrease so you may increase, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray that you take hold of my mind, that you take hold of my heart, that you take hold of my mouth to be able to do this. And I pray that you open up our hearts and the hearts of everybody listening to receive all that you have for them, Father God. Lord, I pray for divine revelation throughout this episode and that you would do only what you can do. Father, I thank you again for the opportunity to do this. We lift up your name, Jesus. We praise you and we thank you in your name we pray. Amen. So to kick off the billboard, it only felt right for me to share about my testimony. The Bible says that we have overcome by the blood of the lamb and the power of our testimony, which is so powerful and beautiful because my Bible tells me that my testimony has power, which is my story, and that we can overcome and experience breakthrough, healing, freedom, just by sharing our story. So I wanted to do that today and open myself up to you guys so you guys can also know where I'm speaking from. And my prayer is that the Holy Spirit would use my testimony to minister to you guys in whatever way you need right now. So yeah. So I was born in Montreal, Quebec in Canada. So you might pick up on a little accent here and there if you haven't already. But yeah, I was raised by my mother. So I was raised in a single parent household. My parents didn't work out and parted ways before I was born. My father already had a family, which he went back to. And things were pretty complicated between my parents, which made having a relationship with my father a little hard. So my dad figured out that he'd wait until I was old enough to be able to have a relationship with him without having any middlemen. Eventually I did, you know, we did end up having a relationship, but I didn't have that growing up. So as you could imagine, not having the presence of my father in my life would definitely bring its set of challenges. But yeah, so I just know that for my mom, 
a single mother of two. Her relationship before my dad had also failed and my brother's father had also left. I just know that, you know, she must have been carrying a lot of pain, a lot of heartache, rejection. My mom was an incredible provider. She worked her butt off to provide and put me in really great schools. You know, we didn't like nothing, put food on the table. She worked really hard, but I just know that she was not at a place where she could give us that maternal love that every child needs. And of course, I was too young to understand that, but the reality is that she was emotionally removed. Granted, my mom showed me in many ways how much she loved me. And I'm so grateful for her. I'm so grateful for her sacrifices. But she didn't express love in the way that I needed as a young girl. I just remember my mom telling me that she loved me for the first time when I was 27, boarding on the plane to be to move to be with my husband. And she told me at the airport that she loved me. And it was the first time that I was hearing her say it. And I, it wrecked me. I cried so much on the plane and I didn't realize how much I needed that. Granted, there's a cultural aspect to that too, that caused that too. She immigrated from Haiti to Canada. So she didn't grow up expressing love or processing emotion in a way that would enable her to be able to prepare me to live in a country that I was born in where the way that I saw my friends living life and their parents expressing love was just not what I was getting at home. So in my eyes, I felt like something was wrong where it was really a cultural disconnect. So for me as a young girl feeling like I'm lacking the love and security of my parents, I started looking for it in all the wrong places which eventually led me to emotionally abusive and sometimes physically abusive relationships. And I was just making a lot of poor decisions. And I reached a point where my self-esteem was so low, like so low. And all I wanted was to feel seen and loved. So by the age of 21, I got pregnant by someone who I was seeing at the time who was not ready to step into the responsibility of being a father. So ended up deciding not to partake in that, which again made me feel incredibly rejected and abandoned. And by the time I gave birth to my son, I was 22. And I just remember being utterly broken just feeling so unwanted, unworthy. Whew, I didn't know that this was going to get to me. Oh my God. Wow. I've told that story so many times and I just feel so grateful for what God has done in my life, which I get emotional about sometimes. But yeah, I just remember feeling incredibly unwanted and broken and I was filled with shame. And part of it was also because my family being so disappointed with my choices caused our relationship to be strained for a little while. But yeah, 
at that point, I just knew that all of this is going on, but you have a baby boy that you have to take care of and that you have to be there for. So you can't lose yourself. You're going to have to push through. And I knew that I had to work hard to provide for my son and that I had to do all the right things and take care of myself too and not let go of the dreams that were planted in my heart at that time. So being a single mother myself, I knew that I needed rest. So I booked a trip to go to Hawaii by myself, which I didn't know would change my life forever. And we'll get to talk more about that later. But yeah, I met my husband going to Hawaii on a plane. So we had a long distance relationship and would talk on the phone and on Skype at the time. And my husband had gotten saved in a church in Hawaii and was so excited and wanted to share with me. And he would talk about Jesus this, Jesus that, praying and all of the things. And me being at a place where I didn't want to hear none of that. I grew up Catholic. I grew up going to Catholic school with nuns. And I just remember being like, listen, what we're not going to do is this little dance right here. I'm so happy that you encountered God, you encountered Jesus, but for me, this is no, no. I know all about this, grew up in church, grew up in Catholic church because I went to school. I know all about it and I want no part because why? <laughs> this is where I was at at that point. And he respected that and kind of stopped it, but continued to pray for me. Praise the Lord. So anyways, long story short, moved to San Diego. We're living the dream because we've been long distance for so many years and we finally get to be together until, until we actually realized what it was like living together. So before that, we had never had the experience of living together Every time that we would see each other, it would be like fun, vacation time, honeymoon time, everything is fun and games, but I didn't know how he was like <laughs> living in a house with, and he, the same for him. He didn't know that. And as much as I left a place where I experienced the pain and the mistakes and all of that, I brought me with me. So I brought my baggage with me and my pain with me and my trauma with me and all of the things with me. <laughs> so it was still there. So it got hard pretty quickly and we were fighting a lot more often and the fights were just getting uglier. And I was so upset. I was so upset because I was like, what the heck did you do? You left everything that you know behind. You left your family to move here, to be with a man that is now your husband and <laughs> you didn't really know. And now you're here and what the heck did you do? And at that point, I was so desperate for things to be good. And I was willing to do anything, even if that meant going to church. So we did. We went to church. And man, I 
didn't know what was <laughs> coming for me. God was about to just rock my world. And Jesus came and met me where I was, and he picked me up and bit by bit put my heart back together and healed my heart and helped us navigate through people, through community, how to do marriage, how to parent, how to live life in a healthy way. And I'm so, so grateful for him. I do not know where I would be without God. And I'm so grateful for his healing power, the transformation. And there's no way I would want to do life any other way than God at the center of it. And so I was reading out of Genesis in the Bible and reading about Hagar's story with her mistress, Sarai. Sarai was Abraham's wife, and God had given them a promise of a son. And Sarai was barren. They were giving, given this promise, but time was passing by, and they wouldn't conceive. So Sarai decided to take matter into her own hands and gave her maid Hagar to her husband so that Hagar would get pregnant with an heir for them. So then Hagar gets pregnant. Sarai starts feeling some type of way and starts treating her harshly. And when the Bible says that she's treating her harshly enough for Hagar to be like, I'm out. This is messy. You guys are wild. I didn't ask for this. So she runs to the wilderness. I could imagine that Sarai was being really, really rough. But then when she's in the wilderness, the angel of the Lord finds her near the desert and comes and asks her, hey, where have you come from and where are you going? And Hagar's response to the angel of the Lord is, I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai. Notice she doesn't say where she's going. She just says that she's running away from her problem, which I could relate to because when I moved to San Diego, I felt a lot of relief being away from the problem, but didn't really know how things were going to play out for me over here. But thank God for God, right? <laughs> thank God commands Hagar to go back to her mistress and declares a blessing over her. And reading that, at first I was like, why would he send her back? Like, bless her and let her go. <laughs> why send her back? And the Holy Spirit said to confront. I'm like, why confront her? And he said, to heal. That's right. To heal, you have to confront if you do not confront, you can't heal. Because how can you heal something you will not confront? How can you overcome and declare victory over something that you won't face? You must confront to have victory. You could just go and not confront it and cope and pretend like it's not there, but it's really there because it will show up in the forms of triggers It'll show up in your perspective. It'll show up in the way that you treat others. It'll show up in form of limitations. It will show up. You must confront to overcome and heal. And confronting doesn't mean going back 
to the person or the thing or the situation that you were wronged in or going back to the people that you wronged, which you might get convicted in the process of healing to do, which is beautiful and fine. But confronting means you get real with Jesus. You confront him because he bore all sins. He bore iniquity. He bore sickness and disease. He bore poverty so that we could have freedom and live life and life abundantly. That's the whole point of the cross, that you could come to him with your pain and your hurt and your trauma, your worries, and lay it, lay it at his feet, confront him, tell him, this is what I'm dealing with. But the beautiful thing is that there's an exchange that happens that when you surrender it to him, he gives you freedom and peace and joy. And it's easier said than done, though. And I've been there, but things get heavy. It gets heavy to carry that junk when you're trying to move forward and see a way forward. It's heavy. So you're not really moving. You're really just dragging. And there comes a time where you just have to let go. You have to let go of the pain, the hurt, the trauma that you're carrying around like a security blanket, giving you license to behaviors and mindsets that are really hurting you. This happened to me, so therefore I can't trust people. This happened to me, so therefore I'm going to dump all my insecurities on you, choking out the potential of the relationship. This happened to me, so when I get triggered, I shut down. That's just the way I am. This happened to me, or I did this, so I feel unworthy of something beautiful, so I'm going to wreck it before it wrecks me. Whatever it is, insert but I'm here to tell you that there's a way out when you invite Jesus in. Romans 8.28 says, For we know that God works all things for the good of those who love him. Not some things, all things he can work out for good. He can pull the beauty out of ugly. He can turn any situation around for good. And that's what he did for me. There was a point where I felt like, gosh, this is ugly, but now I'm like, actually, this is beautiful because I get to do this. I get to share from a place of victory and I get to look back and see how God kept me throughout it all. Your story is not meant to be an handicap. It's meant to be your strength. You just have to open up your heart and let God do the work and use your story for good. And then a little further in that story of Hagar, Abram, and Sarai, Hagar ends up going back to Sarai, and we don't know what happens there. We just know that God says that she's blessed, right? We know how the confrontation went. We don't know how it went down, but we know that she's blessed. But the Bible says that Hagar called on the name of the Lord and said, You are the God who sees. Have I also seen him, the one who sees me? God sees us. He knows our pain. He knew that Hagar was running to the wilderness and he sent her back. 
he sent her back to confront, to overcome and to bless her. And that's what I found that if we want to have victory over things in our lives, we have to confront them. We have to go face to face with them. So these things don't take hold and just choke the life out of what God is wanting to do with you. So, wow, this is insane. I literally can't believe I'm doing this, but yeah, I'll I'll get over it, guys, but wow. God is good, God is good, God is good. If you made it this far, thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so grateful for you. Let me know what you guys think and if you have any questions, but I'll see you next week.